Words or actions? Which one is more important? Really, that's a trick question. The real question should be, why do we take two things that obviously belong together and put them at odds with each other? Words and actions are not enemies. But the world says most Christians don't practice what they preach. So now some say we should preach through our practice. And it seems so attractive. It seems like the most adequate way to display our love and compassion. But what happens so often is that the gospel is assumed like everyone already knows, so we don't have to make it known. It's a false notion. There's not one person this side of eternity who could ever hear the gospel too many times, Christian or otherwise, but still we try to find other ways. I wonder if it's because we've been confronted with the reality that the gospel is offensive to the world. Paul wasn't persecuted for pitching tents. They didn't stone him for feeding the homeless. His preaching brought about the fiercest opposition. The message of the mess of sin and the Messiah who left his throne, roamed this earth in perfect obedience, yet became a curse in the greatest act of love ever shown. The innocent came for the guilty, so the guilty could be guilt-free when we stand before God. This is why we must tell the world of Jesus Christ and him crucified. But we settle for trying to be miniature saviors. One social cause at a time disciples of deeds, followers of feeding the poor, ministers of we can make it if we try. But our lives are not our own. We belong to the Lord. Loving people requires more than being liked by them. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son to come and die. He willfully laid down his life. Faith in Christ is the only way for sinners to be saved, and our actions could never add up to the actions of the Lamb who was slain. The word concerning his action has power your actions do not contain. The spreading of the gospel cannot take place without the word of God being proclaimed. God is pleased to show his power through the weak and the lame, but his power is not your personality. His power is the gospel empowered by the Spirit to spark salvation in Jesus' name. No one can believe unless they hear it first. So the gospel is what we should hear when we gather as a church and live in response as we disperse and scatter across the earth doing the Father's work, praying for opportunities to occur when our deeds open doors for souls to receive the word. It's the master plan of our master. It's God's purpose work through us, so this matters. We've been commissioned with the privilege, honor, and responsibility of declaring the gospel to the world. Praise the Lord, amen. You can say amen right where you're at. Praise the Lord, right? Amen. Welcome to the church online. And, uh, and here we go, right? Words are actions. You cannot separate the two, all right? That's what we're talking about, man. You can't, you know, we, we can't claim the title and not own the position. That's what we've been talking about, right? And well, we had this, you know, the, 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 this, this time of year, this big emphasis, you know what I mean, on, on, on what's happening. You know, we're, we're, he is risen and risen indeed. Yeah, that's awesome, man. 
right? We can't claim that if we're not going to own the position, the title of his, the title of Christian, the title of man, a woman of God, all right? Here, i got to tell you this stuff, man. To witness Christ to the people requires Christ in the witness to the people. That is important, to witness Christ. If we're going to witness Christ, if we're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, all right, we, we need to, Christ needs to be in us to come out of us, amen? Come on, I know you're hearing me. Let me ask you this, man. What does Jesus look like in you? Amen? Come on. Stay with me, man. Well, you're like, dang, man, we're just going to get this party started right now, right? Yeah, right now. We're just going to make this happen. we got a lot of ground to cover, man. And i got to ask you some very, very important questions. All right? I, I, I look on social media. I watch the news. I see all these, you know, people, you know, everybody just, just claiming this title, claiming this goodness, claiming, you know, the, we just sang, you know what I mean, the goodness of God, but people are trying to own that goodness in their life. And, and I just want to put it to the test. What does Jesus look like in you? Does, does, what come, does, does what comes out of your mouth, all right, does it match the person who lives behind your mouth? This is important. We got to get right in here. Here's what I know, man, because here's the joy. Here's the good news. Life in Christ means that you have a new life, all right, a new mission, a new purpose, and even a new identity right here, right now in Christ. Are you feeling me? I'm walking up and down when we're, we're singing this right now. I'm walking up and down these aisles where you guys used to sit, where we used to hang out, man, and just sing out loud. The lights are going. The smoke machine's working, all right? And I'm just praying for you guys in your house, man, ready to receive not only the gospel of Jesus Christ, but ready to walk in this gospel. And this is what's important. You see, because living a gospel-centered life, that's the life that you and I were created to live. That's why we're here. All right, there's nothing, no other reason. That's where it begins. That's the start, man. Everything must move through the filter of this gospel-centered life. A life that's been made fully alive by Jesus Christ. To live with Christ. To live because of Christ. All right, to Christ. For the glory of Jesus Christ, man, there's no mistaking this life. There's no mistaking this kind of life, man. Can you see it in you? Can you see it on you? All right, can you see it coming from you? I was talking, well, a while back, talking to a little homegirl. You remember Abriana, right? Talking with her, and here's what she said. We were talking about this, and she says, look at this. Here's what she said, and this is important, but check this out. She says, I always want to come to him as a sinner who just barely made the cut. But the reality is I have an honored seat at the table, and he wants me there at the table. Do you recognize that about you? You didn't just make the cut. The reality is... All right, that you have an honored seat at the table of Christ, man, and he wants you there at the table. She told me, she said, the moment that I gave my heart to him, I became a saint and a daughter. What do you look, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Right, what, do you, what are you seeing when you look in the mirror? When, you, when, you, when, you, when you're looking right up here in the mirror, check this out. When you're looking in the mirror, man, what do you see? What are you looking at? What's looking back at you? All right, you know the words that come out of your mouth. Do they match the person who lives behind your mouth? What do you see when you look in the mirror, man? About 2,000 years ago, check this out, about 2,000 years ago, about 2,000 years ago, my bad, <laughs> in the year 2000, <laughs> I always get those two mixed up, man, right? In the year 2000, the former Soviet Union, all right, decided to, to release all their political prisoners, 
right? They were releasing all their political prisoners. And there was this one guy, his name was Andres Thomas. He had been in prison for 55 years. He'd been there for 55 years in this, in, in this the worst conditions you can possibly imagine. Nothing, man. This, there's nothing, none of the amenities that you're used to. None of the amenities that, that we take for granted daily. And they let him out, man. And when they were, when they were let him out, he was just talking gibberish. And, and, and they, were, they, were, you know, they, were, they were getting ready to execute him. All right? Nobody could understand what he was saying. They thought, this guy's crazy. And one guy said, you know what, just, just, just a friend of his actually who knew him from before said, can I, get a, can I get a psychiatrist, all right? And just to kind of maybe just kind of sit with him and just see if there's anything left in there. And they did, and they realized that he wasn't speaking gibberish, man. He was actually speaking an old Hungarian dialect, all right, an ancient Hungarian dialect. That's all he had left in him. And they started to recognize it, that he had something to say, that he was there, he was coherent. And, 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 the, and so they, they were going to take him and rehabilitate him. And you know, when they, were, when they were taking him off in a wheelchair, he had one request. You want to know what his first request was? This is crazy. 55 years in prison. All right, worst conditions you can imagine. No amenities that you're used to. He said, can I please have a mirror? He asked for a mirror. All right, and they gave him a mirror. And I don't know if you can imagine this. The last time he saw his face, all right, he was a young man, maybe even in his teens. He looked in the mirror and then just turned it away and just started weeping in his face, in, in, right there in his, in his hands. Just started just weeping, just crying right there in his hands. And we're asking today, man, what do you see when you look in the mirror? And I'm wondering, is there a mirror for the soul? Do we have a mirror for the soul? Is there a mirror that we can take a look at, man, that we can take a look at and see a reflection, all right? Uh, you know, maybe a reflection that we can grab of what God may have intended for you and for me to look like. Because right now, this is the time to use it, right? Right now, this is the, people everywhere, all right, are wondering what they look like, and they're checking in to see what they look like. People, I don't know, about, I think it's just, the, the internet right now is just blowing up with people trying to check it out. Easter, I've been sharing statistics from Easter, and I'm going to keep going. We're on the, we have a new online platform, right, the tcaz.live. Some of you are on that platform. Some of you are on Facebook. Some of you are on YouTube. But they, they, were, they were driven because the people who provided this platform said that only before Easter, before this COVID thing, they, they were saying that only 3,000 churches were, you know, worldwide we're using this platform for live services. Now it went up 20,000, 23,000 churches are using this platform. And it says through this one platform, not counting YouTube, not counting uh, Facebook, that 69,000 people gave their life to Christ this last Easter. 35, which came from right here on this platform. People are checking it out, man. They want to see if they look like, they want to see what, they, what they're supposed to look like. They're looking for a mirror for the soul. And we know this. You and I, we know this, man. The question is, what do you look like? Right? People are looking for a mirror. They're looking for a reflection. They're looking for salt. They're looking for light. They're looking for somebody, people who, Jesus said, you are the salt of the world. You're the light of the world. They're looking for those who are, who are that, that preservative of life, for, for, for the light that's going to show the way. Salt to preservative, life shows the way. And people are looking to find this. They're looking to see this. Maybe they're even looking for an imager, a true imager. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that we were created in the image of God. 
But the question is, are we literally imaging God to one another? People are trying to see what that looks like, man. My question is, what do you look like? What do you look like? What about you? The apostle, the apostle years ago, man, 2000, now 2,000 years ago, all right? And what I would like to call, and what we've called here before, a big letter to a small town, in this book, called, in, the, in this letter called the, A Letter to the Colossians, all right? It's in the book of Colossians. It's in your scriptures. In there, man, he was talking about leading people to become mature in their walk with Christ. And in doing that, he challenged them, and he challenges us to live a gospel-centered life, a life that is fully alive. And he gave us a mirror. He reminded us of a mirror. And the mirror is Jesus Christ. I don't know if you have your Bible with you or your scriptures with you. We'll provide some here. But we're in Colossians chapter 2. Pray with me. Father, we give you the praise. Lord God, we give you the honor, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray, Father, that, that your word, man, just kind of breaks through right now. I mean, we have all of our own assumptions, man. We have all, you know, all, we, we've been established in so many different beliefs and so many different things and so many different ways of life and attitudes, Lord God. And right now, Lord God, we just need the truth. We need a true mirror. We need a mirror for our soul. We need to see if the, if the words that come out of our mouth, you know what I mean, these declarations of praises that we're singing are matching the person who lives behind our mouth, Lord God. And we're needing help with that. We're needing a mirror, Lord God, for your glory. In Jesus' name, we just give you the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I hope you had your coffee this morning, man, because this is getting crazy already. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm just pretending you're all here enjoying this with me. So thank you, Jesus, for my friends and family. Praise the Lord. In Colossians chapter 2, right, he's, he, he says, okay, so therefore, let me just tell you, man. He says, you know what, we've been trying to you know, you know, uh, pr preach the gospel so that you can become grounded and matured in Christ and, and then you can know where you stand and, and that people aren't going to come and just kind of, you know, change your mind about things. So, you know, so therefore, he says, just as you have received, check this out. He says, therefore, as you have received Jesus Christ, all right, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. He says right here, man, he says, he says, therefore, and that word as could be, could, could also be, you know, is basically the same as saying just as, the same way, as you have received Jesus Christ, walk in Jesus Christ, man. He says, when we talked about this last week, not only receive, but stand in, not only stand in, but hold fast. Now he says, I want you to walk in the same way. Do you remember the, 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 the time that you gave your life to Christ? Do you remember that day? Do you remember that night? Do you remember the, the moment you gave your life to Christ? Do you remember the joy? Do you remember well, you know, how it changed your life? Do you remember you know, how that moment you felt like, you know what, I am actually fully alive in Christ? Do you, do you remember that? I don't know about you, man, but I remember I was like, I could not believe that I was actually allowed to be there. I thought, man, after sure, after everything I've done in my life, there's no way I deserve to be at the table with Jesus. And it blew me away. And I, it was hard to catch my breath. And I haven't been able to catch my breath since. I don't know if you could tell, man, but I believe this is how we, what he means. The same way, that same, that moment, that exhilaration, that new life, all right? That, 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 that just that joy, man, that overwhelming just, just, this experience that you cannot explain. 
He says, walk, walk. He says, the same way you receive Jesus, walk in him. And this is what we get caught up. And this is what I want to talk about a little bit here for a minute. This is what we get caught up. What does it mean to walk in Jesus? What, what does that mean? What does it mean to walk in Christ? I got a, I got a phone call. Somebody actually had a question. What, I want to know. And they're going to kind of probably call and tell me. I don't know, man, but I had to hang up on them. Sorry if that was you. All right? But check this out. What does it mean to walk in Christ? I believe, here's, what, here's what's crazy, you know, and this is why it gets a little bit um, kind of, people get misinterpret what it means to walk in Christ because you're like, okay, how do I walk? What does that actually mean? It sounds good. It sounds great. I wish I could do it. And if I did know what it means, I probably will do it. But what does it actually mean? Well, it means that there's a, there's a huge tension right here that first of all, we have to recognize that needs to be managed. And, I, and, and here's what I mean by that. I don't know if you have, if you're familiar with, with motors and cars and stuff like that, but since the eighties, almost all cars, I believe all cars have what they call a serpentine belt. All right. It's that belt in front of your engine. All right. And it, and, and it runs off the main, the main pulley of your motor. And, be, and, and, and with that, your, 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 uh, your alternator, your air conditioner, your water pump, and your power steering all have pulleys on it. And this belt rolls all over those and kind of operates all those components in your car. All right? There's also this thing called the tensioner because that belt needs to be tight but not too tight. If it's too tight, it'll snap. If it's not tight enough, it'll just fall off and it'll just become loose. And none of the components will operate properly. There is a, when it comes to walking in Jesus, you need a tensioner, all right? And the tensioner manages the tension, all right? Are you ready? The tension of focusing on Christ while you walk in Christ, all right? And a progression of steps as you walk in Christ. Focusing on Christ as you walk in Christ, and then a progression of steps as you walk in Jesus Christ. This is important. This is the tension that needs to be managed, all right, to focus on Christ means to walk like Christ while maintaining, maintaining your eyes on Christ. The focus of walking in Christ is Christ, not the walk. If we start focusing just on our walk, and this is what happens, this is what I mean, all right? if the tension is too much on just focusing on our walk, all right, the belt gets too tight, we become our own God, and everything falls apart. No, we keep our eyes on Jesus, and you say, well, don't, you know, how am I supposed to do that? All right, this, 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 is, this is not that hard. I mean, here's what's crazy, because babies know how to do this. You ever teach a baby how to walk? You ever teach your baby how to walk? You know, when you're telling your baby and you want your baby to walk, you tell your baby, look at your feet, look at your feet, look at your feet. No, 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 no. You tell them, focus on me and come this way. Start walking. And as they start walking, you back up a little bit more. And then you back up a little more. And then they think you're really cruel parents, all right? But anyways, you just, you just, you just, you, you tell them to focus on you. Focus on your dad. Focus on your mom. Focus on your grandma. Focus on your grandpa. Whoever the case may be, focus over here and just start walking. Because what happens is the baby starts looking at their feet. They fall apart because they think they have to depend completely on themselves. But when they look at you, when they focus on you, they recognize they're not in this alone. All right, there is a goal. And that's why I say we have to focus on Christ. All right, it's important for us to focus on Jesus. But we also have to have a, have, pay attention, all right, give attention to a progression in our walk. He says, therefore, if you received Christ, you need to walk in Christ. And walking in its simplest understandings, 
all right? Walking in its simplest understandings is this. What does it mean to walk? What does it mean to walk? It's not rocket science. You remember the song? Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. You remember that song? All right? That was with the elf that wanted to be a dentist. All right? I don't know if you remember that, but anyways, all right? So it was a Rudolph the red here. Anyways, um... <laughs> I just distracted the heck out of myself with that one, all right? Because <laughs> the elf wanted to be a dentist. What elf wants to be a dentist? Don't you want to build toys? Anyways, all right, so um, what is walk? Walk is simply this, to put one foot in front of the other, to literally progress by steps, to progress by steps. That is the other side of the tension that needs to be managed. We need to focus on Christ, but we also need to move, right? There needs to be a progression, all right, in our steps, you have to move. You have to step. My question is, how many of you have moved? All right? How many of you are walking? I got a good test question for you. All right? All right, let me just ask you, how many of you decided to go for a walk, all right? You want to go for a walk with your family, with your wife or your husband or your kids or whatever, for your friend? You want to go for a walk, but you never leave the house. And you're wondering how, why this walk isn't very good. Because you never left the house. You haven't progressed by steps. Check this out. It says right here, I mean, I, I got a good question for you. If, if life looks the same, or just a statement maybe, if life looks the same as it did the day you started to follow Jesus, you may have not actually begun to follow Jesus. Did you hear that? This is the other side of the tension. A lot of times we get all focused on Christ, and that's great, man. You're supposed to be focused on Christ. But that focus should initiate movement in your life, shouldn't it? And if so if, you're, if your life looks the same, all right, if nothing has really changed, you're just looking at Jesus all the time, which is great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but Jesus wants more from you. He doesn't just want words and like, hey, I'm going to praise you. Hey, I'm going to pray. Hey, I'm going to read the word, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? There needs to be action. There needs to be a progression of steps. And so you have this tension of focusing on Christ, all right, and attention to uh, progressing by steps. Is, there, is, is, is that tension in your life? Is it managed? Are you, are you, is, that, is that what's happened? It's a healthy tension, all right? Focused on Christ and attention to progression. He says, therefore... As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As you have received him, so walk in him. Focused on Christ, attention to progression. And he says, rooted. <clears throat> he gives us a little bit more. Rooted and built up in him. So, so as I'm focused on him, and as I'm, as, as, as I'm, I'm paying attention to, 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 to progression and movement, I recognize that this is not all about me. And how great I can do this is still all about him. And I'm rooted in him. And I'm built up in him. And he says, rooted and built up and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Abounding in thanksgiving. Rooted, literally grabbed a hold. You make your roots, you make your living, you make your life, all right? You gain life, you get life. The roots of a tree are seeking nourishment. The roots of a tree are not only seeking nourishment, they're holding on to the ground and keeping the tree steady. Is that, is that, is that a description of your life in Christ? You receive all your nourishment from Jesus. You're holding on to Jesus because you know that right now and at any moment, life gets crazy. Life gets insane. And sometimes even unmanageable and unbearable and even confusing. 
But if you're rooted in Christ, you know your, 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 your foundation is sure. And if you're built up in Christ, you know that even though life is getting crazy and even though things are getting nuts and even though you know, we're, you know, it's hard to understand the landscape and the terrain of the world right now, you're still being built up. Life has not stopped. It's still growing. It's still moving. It's still progressing. It doesn't stop. Jesus keeps moving, man. And he keeps you growing. Rooted and built up and established in the faith, established in the faith, stuck and established in the word of God. I love what Psalms chapter one, I'm not putting this up there, all right, because I want you guys to read this for yourself. Psalms chapter one, verse one through three says this, blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or, or doesn't stand in the way of sinners or doesn't sit in the seat. Doesn't, in other words, your company is not just continually, continually bringing you back, all right? He says, but you find delight. Your delight is in the law of the Lord. That's where you delight. And on, your, on God's law, you meditate day and night. We're gonna talk a lot more about this next week and you need to stick with us, all right? But, but here's, what he, here's how he describes it, like a tree. Check this out. He says, it's like a tree planted by streams of water. You ever see a tree planted by, by, a, by a river or a tree that's just grown by a river? It's huge, man. It's, it's, it's flourishing. He says, it's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf doesn't wither and all that he does or all she does, it prospers. And then he says, rooted and builded and established in the faith. You're growing, you're moving, you haven't stopped. You're unshakable, man, and you know what? And you're still growing, all right? And you're gonna keep growing because you're established. So, so not only is the word of God in you, not as the, not as the, it also comes from you, amen? Abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding, growing in thanksgiving, basically telling us that a life of giving thanks and thankfully giving. We're a life of giving thanks. We're giving thanks to Christ for this life and we're thankfully giving more life to others, man, because we're life givers. That's what God created us. We're world changers. That's who we are, all right? And here's the crazy part. This is where it gets a little bit crazy because this is where it gets shaky, all right? Come back in here with me because here's what I know, man. When you know, when, when you're established in the word of God and when you're established in faith, when you know what's true, you're easily gonna know what's not. There's a lot of not true out there, right? There's a lot of not true out there, right? There's a lot of feel good, right, stuff going on out there. There's a lot of the, you know, you, the best you is the best, man, and so you gotta be the best you all the time, all right? And even if you don't feel the best, you can still be the best because you know, being the best is the best, all right? And that's out there. The universe is an active force for good. You know, that's out there. All, a lot of this stuff is out there, all right? Karma is key, man, you know what I mean? Pay attention to your good deeds because then you'll get good stuff. Don't walk, do a lot of bad deeds because you're gonna get bad stuff. Uh, that we, we know that's a lie, all right? I see a lot of people they're doing crazy stuff, man, and they seem to be prospering all the time. And I see a lot of good people suffering. You're like, wait a second, another story, another time. We'll get there. We see out there a lot of teaching. I just, you know, you just get on social media, man. If it feels good, <clears throat> just do it. Just do it, man. You know, uh, we, have, we have these quarantines, man, and they've, they've given us permission to get up at six o'clock in the morning and pour a drink, all right? <laughs> you know, I see a lot of those jokes out there, but some, some people aren't joking. You know what I mean? We've been given this license to just behave a way that we're, we're, not, we're not created to behave or, or, or to live a way that we're not created to live. 
But see, knowing the truth, all right, knowing the truth will, will help you identify easily or identify to know what's not true. And I got to tell you this because here's what he tells us, verse 8. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive. See to it that no one takes you captive. And you're like, well, who's going to take? Come on, this is going to make a lot of sense. Stay with me. Check this out. He says this. He says, see to it that nobody takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. All this stuff out there, all right, that doesn't match the glory of God. He says, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. He says, make sure you're not being taken captive. By these, and you're like, but it's so small. It's not, it's just not that important. This is just a little thing. I could entertain this. I could entertain this. I could have a little bit of this in my life. I got a lot of God in my life. We talked about last week. I don't want a little Jesus. I don't want a little bit of God. All right. I got a lot of God. I got all kinds of Jesus. I could have a little bit of these little different things. We got to be careful with this. I was, I was listening to a pastor preach. <clears throat> I told you guys this story maybe a few years ago, I think. All right. So act like you heard it for the first time. All right, I was listening to a pastor preaching. He was talking about how a doctor from the emergency ward called him late one evening, woke him up out of bed. And he's like, man, I, he goes, I need you to pray for me. He's like, what's, what's going on? He goes, well, tonight they brought this woman in to the emergency. And she was just so beaten down. I mean, I think every bone in her body had to be broken just about. And, she, and then they give up on her when they reeled her in. They said, she's a goner, just forget it. He says, I'm not going to give up. I can't give up on her. He says, I looked at her. And this is a human being, man. I can't just write her off. And they were trying to, to get her heart going, and those, those things, those clear things, whatever, all right? And they're trying to get her, and it's not working. He decided to cut her open, all right, and stick his hand inside of her chest cavity, grab a hold of her heart, and try to massage it back to, back to life. But it didn't work. And it, and it was just like a, like, a, like, a, like a glob in his hand that was just, it didn't even feel like a heart anymore. And, he, and they lost her. And, and, he, and, he, and he went over to go wash up, right? He went over to go wash up. And he said, he's literally just filled, tears filled in his eyes and he's washing up. Right, he's just washing up, man. And the, the nurses brought in all of her belongings and they laid it out on the table and they poured out her bag. And he saw needles and drug paraphernalia. And as he was washing, he noticed he had, he had cut his hand. This little small cut as he was digging in her chest, he must have cut it on, 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 on a bone or something. And he was telling this pastor, he says, man, I need you to pray for me, man. This woman's got some deadly disease. And he says, I got, I got kids. And, and, and the pastor says, is it a deep cut? He says, no, man, it's just like a little paper cut. He says, you mean that, that there is a disease that can just enter through a tiny little paper cut and that can just, just render all your immunities helpless? He says, yeah. And just as we were wondering, is there a mirror for the soul? We wonder, he said, I wondered if there was a paper cut for the soul. Just some, time, some, some little thing that can enter our life so, and just start to create a trajectory of destruction as it grows and grows and grows and grows in our life. 
Right now, man, we're told that, 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 if we, that we have to, you know, wear, wear gloves, wear a mask, and keep sanitizer because if somebody just has a little droplet, a little droplet that you just happen to touch and then wipe your eye and put it in your eye, that little droplet in this little area can destroy your life. We're being told that right now. That the, and if it doesn't destroy your life, a droplet could come out of, your, out of you and destroy somebody else's life. And it's happening right now. People are, are just perishing. And I'm wondering, man, is there this, this, this droplet? He says, beware that nobody takes you captive through empty deceit, according or philosophy through human tradition. You know, he says, he says, come on, man. You know the truth. Don't just say the truth. Walk in the truth. Live the truth. Live the tension. He says, man, he goes, if, 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 if a little, a paper cut, a droplet, just a little bit of something you allow in your life that doesn't belong there, man. He says, just as you have received Jesus Christ, so walk in Jesus Christ, man. I'm not telling you to walk around and tell everybody that they need to get away. You, you know, you're evil, you're impure, unclean, get away from me. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, be the salt, be the light. Show the mirror, be the imager. Show them what Christ looks like. As you have received Christ, don't just talk about receiving Christ. Live it out, man. Come on. Let's, let's live this out in pure joy, in pure love. For in, he goes on, he says, for in him, man, come on with me, in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells. Every bit of, the, you know, the, the <clears throat> only, only what is true in spirituality Everything else is made false. Everything else has proved a lie. In Christ, all that dwells. Wow, what better place is it for us to kick it but in Christ? Because he says, for in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head and rule of all authority. And you're like, okay, your words just flew everywhere right now. Man, I don't understand what you just said. This says, you have received Christ, so walk in him. Rooted, built up, unshakable, still growing, no matter what the circumstances, established in the faith. See to it that no one takes you captive through lies. And stay in him, because in him dwells the fullness of all truth. All right? And if you're in him, he makes, he fills you to completeness. You're like, I'm still kind of, okay, I love what, what Justin shared, our, our community group's oversight. He, overseer, he said this, he says, it's like, it's like having a, a boat, with a sailboat. Without wind, this, this, the boat goes nowhere, right? But when the wind blows, right, when the wind blows, when the wind blows, it fills the sails, and then the sailboat starts to move as it was intended to move. Wind-driven, driven by the wind. Then the, 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 we just operate, all right, the sails to catch the wind in the direction that the wind is leading. Do you get the tension? The focus on the wind, all right, the focus on Christ, attention to the sails, all right, that they're in alignment with Christ and we progress. 
Oh, come on, man. Tell me somebody. This has to be making sense. All right? It's, 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 I'm just breaking it down. A lot of words been flying everywhere. I'm just trying to break it back down to just this simple understanding. Therefore, as you, as you have received Christ, fill those sails. Move in him. You got it? You got it? And then he just continues, man. I'm just going to read through these four verses right here, all right? And then I just want to share what I want you to do. So, so roll with me. In him you are also, he says, circumcised, basically identified as his, by putting off the body of flesh, by the identification, the circumcision, by the identification of Christ, Having been buried with him, you're like, wait a second, hold on. Having been buried with him in baptism, all right, in which you were also raised with him. You're like, he is risen. You know what you need to add to that? If you want to say he is risen, so am I. So am I. Look at verse 13. And you who were dead in trespasses, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the misidentification of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven all of our trespasses, and we're full of life. By canceling, here it goes, man, the record of debt that stood against us by its legal demands, he set everything aside, nailing it to the cross. Nailing it to the cross. We've been made fully alive. Should you choose to live, the choice is yours to remain unidentified or to be identified in Christ. Should you choose to live? He cancels that debt. All right? You know, that, 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 that debt that makes you feel like, I don't even belong at this table. I'm not even worthy. I barely made the cut. All right? He cancels all that debt for his glory. If you would choose to live, he nailed it to the cross. And then as you're buried with him, you rise with him. Amen. Praise the Lord, man. Praise the Lord. That was a lot, right? <laughs> that was a lot. Well, here's what I want you to do. All this to just challenge you, man. Yeah, choose to live. And should you choose to live, therefore, if you receive Christ, so walk in him. I want you to learn to walk. This is what I want you to do. I want you to learn to walk. All right? I want you to learn to walk, and I want you to continue to walk like it's the first day you learned how to walk. Just happy that you can walk. How are you going to do that? Two things. Number one, you keep your eyes on Christ. And number two, you know you're progressing by steps. Number one, you keep your eyes on him. How do I keep my eyes on Christ? Open up the word of God. Start reading the word of God like it was written just to you. Start praying through the word of God like, like you're praying the word right back to him. And I, this is beautiful in the Psalms. You should join us Wednesday night. This Wednesday night is going to be especially awesome. Pastor Nick's going to join us. It's going to be amazing. You're like, what? Yeah, check it out. Tune in. Wednesday night at 7. We've been going through, we're, we're starting to go through the Psalms. We've been going through the Psalms, all right, <clears throat> at least a few times, and we're going to continue this. And my challenge is for you to read the Psalms like they were written to you, and my challenge is you, to you is to pray them back like you wrote them. Read them like they were written to you and pray them back to the Lord like you actually wrote them because they're really about you a lot of times. 
You'll see this. Go through it. Check it out. So I want you to do I want you to learn to walk. How? Number one, keep your eyes on him. We need to manage the tension. And number two, progress by steps. Progress by steps. It's that simple. You're like, okay, let me just ask you this. What are you going to do differently tomorrow because of this? What is one progression of steps or one step you can take closer to Christ tomorrow or even today and continue it tomorrow? What's one step, man? I can't tell you what that step is. I'm not there. I'm not all up in your business, all right? What do you call a, 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 noisy, a, no, a nosy chili? Haul up in your business. Anyways, um, so, sorry. <laughs> that was stupid. See, it's a good thing you're not here because you could tell me how stupid that was. Anyways, <laughs> haul up in your business. <laughs> Number one, keep your eyes on him. Open the word. Read it like you wrote it right to you because you did. All right, and then pray it back to him. Like you wrote it. Like it's about you. Number two, progress by steps. What could you do differently? How can you get closer to Christ tomorrow? Is it by adding one thing or removing one thing from your life? You know this. You know this. What are you going to do about it? That's the question, amen. What are you going to do about it? Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, we just give you the praise. We just give you the honor, Lord God, and we give you the glory. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, for, uh, for strength, for courage, Lord God, for your glory. We pray, Father, that we can just start walking and just mad walking, Lord God, crazy walking, focused on you and progressing by steps. This is for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The darkness will not serve the light.